Thanks for being here at Grief is My Side Hustle. I'm really excited to share this episode that I did with Joe Meyer, who is the founder and CEO of ExecThread, which is a VC-backed crowdsourcing platform. ExecThread is the largest global aggregate of unpublished executive job level opportunities. I reached out to Joe because someone that I know had received a letter after applying for a job, and I'm just going to read you what it says. Last week, the U.S. surpassed 1 million deaths due to COVID, with 400,000 of the deaths occurring since all U.S. adults became eligible for vaccination last April. Worldwide, 15 million people have perished due to COVID since early 2020. This is a tragedy of epic proportions and would be far worse if it weren't for the many scientists who helped develop life-saving vaccines. And it would have also been much worse if it weren't for the efforts of every doctor, nurse, and healthcare practitioner. The letter goes on to offer some roles in healthcare if people are seeking them, and then it says, if you've lost a friend or loved one due to COVID, there's a recently published book, The Modern Loss Handbook, an interactive guide to moving through grief and building your resilience, which helps people who are mourning to move through grief, build up resistance, and stay connected in the aftermath of loss. I encourage anyone who's grappling with loss to check it out. And it says, regards, Joe Meyer. So I reached out to Joe because I wanted to ask him about this letter and just actually thank him for doing his side of the street of mental health in the executive world. When Joe and I sat down together, one of the first things he did was forward me a letter that he had sent out to his company, a copy of which, something similar, is on his LinkedIn profile, which is extending $1,000 a month to his employees, anyone who works at his company, including contractors, towards mental health. So this is a guy who is literally putting his money where his mouth is. I think you'll enjoy this quick conversation and like me, will feel inspired and maybe even hopeful that there are folks out there who are looking out for employees in the workplace. Thanks for being here, Joe, and thanks everybody else for listening. Welcome to Grief is My Side Hustle. I'm your host, Megan Beard Jarvis, and I am here with this really special episode with Joe Meyer. Joe, thank you so much for being here. Sure, thanks for having me. You've had a busy morning. This is a a really tough morning, actually, in, in general. We are reeling and waking up to just, you know, unbearable news about another mass shooting that happened in a school and took the lives of tiny children. And I know you have been, you know, had had a busy morning and I have a busy morning and a busy day ahead of me. We are both interested in mental health. Can you just give your description and where you come into the world, what your job is, and we can let the listeners know a little bit why and how I reached out to you. Yeah, I mean, I guess what my company does is less important than kind of what we're doing to help our employees. But but fortunately, you know, the service that my company offers helps a lot of people beyond just our employees. So the company is named ExecThread. I'm the founder and CEO of ExecThread. The company's around six years old. And in a nutshell, it provides access to either inaccessible or non-publicly posted career opportunities, usually mm. at the VP through C-suite level, mm. where jobs aren't traditionally posted on job boards. And ExecThread has figured out how to gain access to those jobs at scale. And we provide just that access to those career opportunities that are otherwise inaccessible to a 
a very large user base. We call them exec thread members. We have around a quarter of a million exec thread members at this point, growing by around 2,000 a day. And we share those job opportunities with our members, not only through our website, but more importantly, through their inbox. And we send out these opportunities to our members three times a week. And as you probably know at this point, Megan, I, uh, I uh, write a personal note to our members three times a week. And it's usually about something that is topical that I think is relevant to what we do and whether it's tangentially relevant or not. And as you probably saw this morning, I wrote about mental health, not only because of the tragic news in Texas yesterday and the tragic news in Buffalo the week before regarding mass shootings, but because it's mental health month, uh, mental health awareness month, I should say, and uh, figured I want to put a spotlight on that. Yeah. So, so I reached out to you because someone that I know brought the letter from your company, which I think was maybe a week and a half ago, they had applied for a job and the instant letter that they got back said, Hey, we know everybody's having a hard time, much more eloquent than this. It, it highlighted some work that was being done positions that were open about Uh healthcare. And then it highlighted modern loss it, it literally gave a recommendation if you're grieving, if you are having a, a hard time as a job seeker, uh-huh. here is a book that just came out that we know of that is, you know, an excellent book. And in my note to you asking if you'd come on to the podcast, I, you know, not only have I never seen anything like that, I've never seen a company reach back out to a stranger saying, hey, if you need anything, we have this suggestion, but also I know Rebecca's work. I'm an expert in this field. And it was an incredible, timely, brand new offering in the world. So it just not only was it an incredible thing to do, it was also like a very high quality offering. And then as I looked at your LinkedIn, that's what you are offering is a, a leadership voice in the concept of mental health. And the letter that you're referencing is a literal, put your money where your mouth is. You're offering to the people who work for you, not just your full-time employees, but also your contractors who work 24 hours, at least a week, you're offering them a thousand dollars towards their mental health costs to offset those costs, which is, you know, I know because I'm a private practitioner that it is real. Not only do we have to use our time to go find mental health resources, but it is absolutely for most people, a significant cost. I'm curious about the actual jobs that you're seeing. You know, I wrote an op-ed a while ago about the great resignation, this staggering number of folks who have left the work for. I'm curious, does your job and your work sort of feel the same as it has felt since the beginning and the inception of your company? Yeah, I'll just kind of touch on some or most of what you said. So first off, the mental health benefit that we are now offering to our employees at ExecThread and to contractors who work uh, at least three days a week with us is $1,000 a month. You know, as you probably know, mental health is, is costly and the majority of it's unfortunately not covered by insurance. Yeah. And I've found myself throughout my career, you know, walking away from mental health care for myself because of the cost was too high or the quality was too low when it is covered. Um, not saying that there's a correlation, but, you know, oftentimes the best mental health care providers don't accept insurance. So this $1,000 a month that we're offering to our employees is they can go to any mental health care specialist they want, uh, whether it's covered by insurance or not, and, and submit an expense at the end of the month 
to cover it 100% up to $1,000 a month, which should be the majority of what they, you know. Yeah, they, that should know, cover it. Yeah. Um, and we have employees starting to, to take advantage of that, which is great, and yeah. contractors. And again, you know, I think there are a lot of challenges people are going through these days, you know, some work related, some non-work related, but it all kind of adds up to a lot of stress and anxiety. And there's a lot of contributing factors. And the best thing to do is to, to talk about it with someone who can help you kind of think through it and reconcile things and, and uh, prioritize things and put things into perspective. And oftentimes that's a professional. You, know, you can only talk to your, you know, wife, you know, mother, brother, yeah, husband, you know, so much. Um, and, uh, you know, it's best if you have someone, you know, more neutral and objective to talk to and professional and trained. <clears throat> Are there, I guess, additional stresses and or additional challenges that, you know, in today's economy or, you know, with, you know, in, in recruiting today than, than in the past? I, I, I don't know, but, you know, the, you know, we are starting to go through an economic downturn right now. We're on the precipice of it. We're on the verge of it. If we're not already in a downturn. So that's probably contributing to some anxiety, people's 401k and other, you know, stock related savings uh, and investments decreasing. People are working longer hours than ever, mainly because they're working from home. And that yeah. leads to sometimes a challenge to try to separate work from home. Yeah. So in some ways, you know, working from home creates greater flexibility, but at the same time, it leads to probably more working hours. Yeah. So it's, a it's a trade-off. You know, we have rather staggering inflation going on in the country right now. So, you know, people's dollar uh, last year versus this year is worth less. That's probably contributing to some stress, you know, and, and if you're in between jobs or you're looking for a job, you know, that, that has to be, that's always anxiety filled. So yeah, there's a number of things going on. Plus, you know, just the world around us, right? Whether it's a war in Europe and Ukraine, or whether it's a, you know, a rumor of a war in, in Asia with Taiwan or in China, or whether it's COVID or whether it's mass shootings, I mean, or just, you know, the, the everyday political, you know, nonsense that we hear about between the, you know, across the aisles. You know, there's a lot to get distracted by and get anxiety over, you know, it could cause a lot of stress. Yeah. So, so my background is in trauma and, you know, a mass shooting is one kind of trauma. Death in general is a trauma. One of the things that we have in the field is this, is this polyvagal theory from a guy named Stephen Porges. And without getting all sciencey about it, basically we know that instinctively when people are under stress, if it gets too high, they go into the fight, flight and freeze responses. Mm -hmm. Right. Yep. What Stephen Porges brought us in 1992 is this idea that actually we have this ventral system, which is first we do sort of the Mr. Rogers thing of we look to our communities and our people to help regulate ourselves. And I didn't ask you if you're a parent. I'm a parent. When I used to hold my tiny babies when they were little, one of the things that we do as parents is we help babies regulate their bodies with our bodies. So mm -hmm. we do it by smiling at them. And we do it by shushing them and holding them mm -hmm. and creating a sense of physical safety. Mm -hmm. And as we get older, like even in our conversation right now, we're regulating each other by making eye contact and nodding and smiling and mm -hmm. all of those things. We're sort of grounding each other in feeling like 
we make sense, the world makes sense. Mm -hmm. One of the things that I've been super interested in, particularly in the discussion about going back to work is not that people can't enjoy being home and that working from home isn't functional, but there is this whole other critical human piece particularly for maybe people who are young in the workspace and need mentorship and want friendship. And, you know, maybe they don't have as established a home life as someone in the middle of their career. But I've been really interested in the lack of conversation about how good it is for us as humans to be together in the workplace. This may be, you know, not the conversation that you have every day, but I'm curious about your thoughts on the work from home component. Are you, is that something that your company is hearing more and more and, and people are requiring that or jobs are offering that and, you know, where you think that's going to go? Yeah. I mean, first off, we definitely have seen a, a very big uptick in remote jobs on the platform, especially, you know, we're, we're focused more on the, you know, senior level jobs, um, which are traditionally, you know, in office and we're seeing many more, you know, work from anywhere work, you know, within, you know, X miles of of headquarters, which is also remote. Um, And I don't think that trend's going to stop. I think that trend's going to continue because kind of the genie's out of the bottle, right. And it's well established that you can get, you know, your job done remotely. Uh, 100%. And that reason or rationale is no longer, in my opinion, that you you need to be in a physical office to get your job done. I'm talking about more of a professional white collar setting right now. Yeah. Um, you know, that said, I do think there's a need for human interaction, but I think everything's about balance. And I don't yeah. think it, you know, should be, you know, I, I don't think people need full five days a week in an office. I don't think people need or want full five days a week at home, or I should say it's a balancing act for everyone. So like I was speaking to a woman this morning who I'm interviewing and she lives up in New Hampshire and she has a family and she's returning to work as a mom and she wants to be remote. And I'm like, great, we can facilitate that. So, you know, it it really is situational uh, dependent upon what individuals need and want. And, you know, for those that want full-time remote, there are those opportunities. And for those that want hybrid, there's those opportunities. And for those that want full-time in an office, probably be tougher to find these days, but there are those opportunities out there. What we do at Exact Thread is we do predominantly remote, but every two to three months we get together as a team in some Mm, distant location where everyone can come together and socialize, but also do some brainstorming and strategizing yeah. around the business. So we create those touch points. Some companies are doing like my wife's company is come in the office one day a week, every Tuesday. Yeah. That's, that's fine for her. But I do think that I get a sense that more people are leaning more towards more remote rather than more in person, yeah. to be quite honest. Um, but, but they do need or want, you know, a little bit of in person as well. So yeah. companies will need to adjust. I'll be interested to see how it moves across time and whether that stays the case, because certainly nobody can make the argument that we weren't doing our jobs really well over the internet. And, and from a mental health perspective, Mm -hmm. licensing and such, we hadn't been able to use zoom as something that we could bill insurance companies for Mm -hmm. weren't able to use phone calls. And now we have codes for those things. And they're 
there's some question whether or not the, you know, there will be some insistence that we go backwards, but I think it'd be a hard argument to say we haven't done a good enough job as mental health providers this way, because yeah. it's, worked, it's worked far better than I expected it to. I was pretty skeptical, but yeah. it's not a replacement. You know, a lot of the trauma work that I do it involves touch. And so, yeah. you know, there are aspects that have to be in the office. And I would say on that topic, you know, I've done, I've had mental health assistance for myself throughout the years, probably not as consistently or steadily as I probably should have, although I'm doing a lot more of it now. So I've done full-time, you know, in-person, you know, communication with the mental health expert. I'm now doing full-time remote, but as I was conveying to my therapist the other day, it'd be nice, you know, once a month, every other week, whatever it is, you know, to, to do in person, person. Um, but still have the remote component, you know, as well, because it's not always feasible to go somewhere to an office to, to meet someone. That's right. I mean, my office is pretty far out of D- DC and people have gotten really used to not having the big commute to get to and from. But I think, like you've said, everybody is considering the hybrid work. I want to ask you one more question before I let you go. That's mm-hmm. been rattling around in my head for a while. So I, I consume a lot of conversation about grief and loss mm-hmm. and about mental health sort of out there in the world. And one sort of, the tenor of conversation around executives, it has like this harsh quality to it. Like they're in charge and they are the folks that need to get it right for the worker bees and that they are the sort of the parents and that they need to be able to figure it out. I could cite sort of popular podcasts that have even used, you know, harsher language than I just sort of described. One thing that I know, because most of the people that I work with who pay my fee and have time to come see me, they're doing white collar work at a very high level, you know, governmental or whatever here in DC. And one thing that I am super aware of is that when they left their offices two and a half years ago, they were in positions that they had built from, you know, the minute they stepped out of their graduate programs, their colleges, they had teams of people that they had pulled from other companies and collected them into their workforce. And not everyone, but many of them loved the job that they were doing as they were doing it with the people that they were doing it. It has struck me as really interesting that there's a like frustration, and maybe that's what you get with the pay grade, but a frustration that executives and decision makers and the C-suite folks also need to be to figure out whether hybrid is the way to go or whether allowing everybody the same level of flexibility or whether we're supposed to be in the office one day a month that sort of no matter what the mission statement is that they are trying to create, there's frustration that is coming. And I know from a mental health perspective, you're never not going to have frustration when there's so much change that people aren't deciding for themselves. But I've been really interested in sort of like the lack of compassion around how hard it is for the decision makers. You know, one thing that happens when there's a death in a family is that people say the parents need to have handled it this way. But you and I know parents are just human beings. (laughs) they need to show up for their kids and they need to take care of their kids, but that doesn't Mm -hmm. mean it isn't hard. And I've been really struck by, you know, there's a lot of language around, we have to give each other grace, but 
But when we get to the people who are being paid well and meant to be leading companies, there's a tenor in there that doesn't feel the same. And I don't know whether you've seen that or whether people report that, but that's just an observation that I've made that it's almost as though we're expecting the executive leadership to have skills that nobody could possibly have. It's all on the job training. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot there, but I'll just kind of respond um, in the following way, which is, I think it's in some ways harder for management to, to, you know, who finds themselves in this position because there's a lot of voices and conflicting interests. So they have to think about what their staff and teams want, right? They're, you know, they're, you know, the underlings. And then, you know, they have to think about what their superiors want, right? You know, whoever they report into. And then they have to balance that with what they individually want. And those could be either two or three very different things. I think, you know, the, the below management really just has to think more about what they themselves want. That's right. They don't, they don't care as much about what the executives want for themselves or what, you know, the leadership of the company or what the company itself wants and needs. But management needs to think about all three, their team themselves and, you know, their superiors and the, and the company as a whole. So it is challenging. I would say though that, you know, those executives that listen and empathize and try to balance things are those that are handling it best and those that are putting themselves before their team or that in some ways even putting their company before their team will probably, uh, you know, have the biggest challenges. Mm, I love that answer. That That's a sort of a great way of talking about the striation and also just a reminder that there's no getting around the mental health component. There's no, there's no getting around the fact that we're human beings with our emotions driving the way we think and feel. And all the decisions that we make are based on how we think and feel. I'm really grateful for this conversation. I know you have lots of things to push off into, so I don't want to keep you, but I, I really appreciate you answering these questions and more. I just really appreciate the fact that you're out there sending these letters to folks you know, doing your side of the mental health piece to help us all do our sides of the mental health piece is, is just, it's very inspiring. And I'm really, really personally grateful for that. Well, thank you for that. Very nice, you know, very nice thought, you know, um, just trying to, you know, be a small part of the solution. And if we all take that viewpoint, I think, uh, you know, bigger solutions will materialize as a result. Yeah, that's amazing. 